Hi, we'll start in one minute. Good evening. Okay. Okay. So I forgot to press record. Okay, now uh, we are recording. So as we said last week, there's a famous Mishnah in Ethics of the Fathers, and it says that Torah is acquired in 48 ways. And I've studied this Mishnah many, many times, and I didn't realize the full message of what this Mishnah is telling us. Rabbi Noach Weinberg, of blessed, of blessed memory, we said last week, he thought this is the key for any Jew to get excited about Judaism. Wherever you're at, you could be the most religious person, you could be the most not religious person. He says, if a person studies this, then they will connect. Why? Because the way it says this is the way to acquire something. Well, if something takes 48 ways to acquire it and you haven't done those, then it makes sense that you don't have it. The, the kind of it's a little bit of a facetious example, but let's say you wanted to buy a house and you uh, walked by the house for days on end. And finally, after a year, you went to the owner, you knocked on the door, and you said, this house belongs to me. And they said, well, how do, you, how do you figure? And you say, well, I've watched the house for the whole year. I look at it every day. That, in my mind, in fact, the Talmud actually discusses the idea of acquiring something through looking at it, but we don't hold it that way. So we all know that that's hilarious and that's ridiculous to think that you acquired something just from looking at it. So for myself, if I'm ever frustrated, why, why am I not connecting to Judaism in the way that I like? Perhaps maybe I've only done some of the ways of acquiring it. So this week, we're going to focus on the second way. So we're going to spend the next period of time focusing on the way of wisdom called Hashmaz Ha'ozen, which means listening with your ear. Okay, so let's see how much we can get. It sounds pretty simple. Okay. But like with most things that are uh, messages from God or messages from very, very wise men, there's a lot there. So if you think about it for a second, what's the, what's the obvious question? The first question is, just say you got to listen, right? Remember, we're talking about how to get wisdom. So last week was study. We spent an hour talking about study. This week, it says to listen, but it doesn't say listen. It says listening with your ears. 
What are you going to smell with your nose, your mouth? Of course you're smelling. You're smelling, you're, you're listening with your ears. So obviously it's telling us something much, much deeper. And obviously it's not just telling us the, the it's not just telling us the obvious. So have you ever, we've all been in conversations when either we're on the receiving end or on the giving end of having a frustrating conversation. Either we frustrated someone else, someone just took the time to talk to us and they ask us, did you hear what I told you? You can yell to your kid or to your something, you know, did you not hear me, right? The word hear can mean many things. It can mean, did you understand? Were you paying attention? Do you care what I said? Here is a very, very, it's a, it's, it's a broad spectrum of what here can mean. We also know when we talk to someone, right? So what do we really want them to do? You have ask yourself the question when something's important to you and you want, you don't just want it to go in their ear. So that's, that's what, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. What exactly is Hashem want us to do when he says he wants us to listen? So the obvious place to go, like we always go in the Torah, is we find the word in the Torah. What's the most famous place? Yeah, Mr. Shatten is there. I think I know where that is. Um, what's the most, Mr. Shatten, can you tell us what is the most famous place in the Torah when it says to listen or to hear? He's, he's playing. Shema. Anybody know? Shema Yisrael. Shema Yisrael. Very good. Very good. Right, right, right. So that is the, and we, it's the first word of the most famous word in the Torah, the Jewish national anthem. It's our mantra. The first word is Shema. Everybody knows the Shema. So what are we doing there? So if you look in what we're, what, what's, what's happening there, we don't just say, you know, no, Shema, it could just say God is our all-powerful God, and he's one. But it starts off by saying Shema Yisrael, to listen. So to listen is really, number one, to hear the words being said. Did you just simply, did you actually hear the words? Number two, do you understand the message? So first is, did I, can I spit back to you the words? Then there's from the SATs, reading comprehension, right? Understanding the message. And then do you put it into, ha into action? And we can see ourselves. When we say we don't hear, it could mean any one of those things. So we, when we talk about listening with your ears, we mean to the fullest extent, which means you actually heard the, the words. Two, understanding it, you've thought about it. And three, you've heard it so well, you've, it's been inculcated into you, and you put it into, act, in, into action. Okay, so now we're going to go through 15 little nuggets on what it means to actually listen. So I'm going to tell you, <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to tell you a famous story. I think it's true. If it's not true, it could have been true. 
Rabbi Noach Weinberg, he one time met, met uh, I'm assuming this probably was in the days of the hippies and everyone was traveling all over Israel, backpacking. It was kind of safe. And he met someone who, after traveling the whole land of Israel, he comes to Jerusalem and he, sa- he finds Rabbi Weinberg and he says, you know what? I came to Israel to find holiness. And you know what? I've gone to the north. I've gone to the south. I've gone to Masada, east, west. I've gone to everything. And there is, I have not found any holiness in this land. So Rabbi Weinberg, and I'm not going to do it justice, but the way it's told over that he says it, he says to the person with with an absolute straight face, he says, young man, are you a bafoof stick? Yes. Are you a bafoof stick? So the guy says, uh, what's a bafoof stick? He said, just answer my question. I asked you if you're one or not. Don't ask me back a question. I asked you. He said, well, how can I tell you if I'm a bafoof stick or not if I don't know what it is? He says, well, it sounded like you said you couldn't find holiness, but I highly doubt you actually know what holiness is. The point he was trying to bring out, I think a bafoof stick is something made up. Um, We throw around concepts and we, we argue about them. We live by them. We take major actions. We get into fights about them. We take things personally about them. We make major life decisions about concepts and terms that we may not actually have an objective definition about. We may have an emotional definition about it. We may have a biased definition of it. But we can't really begin to engage in in, in intellectual process if we don't really and we certainly can't listen, we can't hear something because we can hear words. We can maybe even hear a message. But if our definition of something is not what the person intended, then we certainly can't put it into practice. Okay. So now here goes. 15 short points here. We'll see. Oh, I'm not going to take too long. First one is, you could probably ask this. I know I'm sure my wife could tell me this. My wife probably could give this whole class. She probably won't even have to prepare because uh, no uh, stereotyping here. But certainly with, in my experience, uh, my wife is definitely a better listener than I am. I think that's uh, pretty typical. But, uh, so the first thing is to listen. And this is hard in 2020. You have to pay attention. Simple as that. The simplest thing. You just don't hear. Undivided attention. Actually pay attention. Uh, they say the people, sometimes they wonder, the, uh, I remember when I, um, you know, uh, when I was in rabbinical school. So for a short while, I was taking a uh, rabbinical training class, which kind of like, he gave you four hours so you're a jack of all trades. Because the rabbi, you know, no, you know, we kind of studied some Jewish laws, but they want to make sure that a rabbi has at least like an appreciation for all things that may come up. So I kind of did a little apprenticeship with a uh, very seasoned rabbi 
who uh, was very good at counseling. And he said that the number one thing as, as a, when you do any counseling, besides to know that you're, that, to know what your limitations are, is that to be a good listener, to be a good listener. And he said the number one thing is to actually listen and pay it, give your undivided attention to what's being said. So that's number one, doesn't really need much elaboration. I'm sure we, we can think of many examples where we've made mistakes or we've seen other people and we've probably seen examples of where it's really, really good. And it feels really good. Number two, you're, so you're paying attention, you're hearing what's being said. Number two is what's the point the person's trying to make? What's, what's their message? Sometimes a person could say something but they really, their point has nothing to do with the actual words that they chose to say. Someone tells you something's bothering them. They may really want to tell you, well, I don't feel respected by you. But instead, they'll say something else. Or they want something and they don't want to come out and say it, so they'll say something. So number one, pay attention. Number two, ask yourself, what is the point that's trying to be conveyed over here? And this, when this comes to, obviously, this, this applies to relationships. But right now, we're going to focus on wisdom. So if I'm trying to gain some wisdom, either from a person, from a book, from an article, whatever, from, from an experience, I got to pay attention and then ask myself, what is the message that's trying to be conveyed? Often, you know, there's so many books in the Torah and there's so many stories and so many, quote unquote, simple things People read them and they and they dismiss it as like this is something so simple. Everybody knows this. But when something is coming from a, a place that you you feel will be a place of wisdom, you got to ask yourself, what's the point? What's the message? Now, if we would stop here, I think we will will have done ourselves a big service. I certainly will have taking the time to remind ourselves of basic human skills. But we don't do this all the time. It's a very difficult thing to do, especially now with the technology and all. We are really busy. We have so many things going on. But the first thing, so, so, so what's the tool? I mean, okay, I got to be on divided attention. I got to ask myself, what's the point? What's the message? So what's a tool? It's how do I deal with the struggle? So the, the, the key word is one word. This is the tool to get used to using all the time. It's one word. Ask yourself, what do you think the word would be? The word is what? W-H-A-T. You just read something. You just heard something. You just experienced something. You ask yourself, what did I hear? What did I read? What did I say? What did she say? What did he say? What did I just experience? The word what? Challenging yourself just to simply be able to answer that question. I cannot tell you. I've been studying with people for years, and we can study something, and I'm sure I'm guilty of the same way because I'm usually on the teaching end. You can spend an hour studying with someone, and then you, you can say, well, what did you learn? I like, I don't, I don't know, you know, kind of like we just spent an hour. 
right? So I'm not judging or blaming the person. It's pretty normal. But that's number three. Get used to asking yourself when you're trying to get wisdom, what? What? Use what did you what did you just hear? What's going on here? What's the message? Okay, number four. Now here, one second. Here, let's take an example. So we just said to ask the question, what? Now here's where it gets, it's going to sound nitty gritty, but I think you're going to see, and we'll bring it and we'll give an example to show how, what, what we mean in number four. When you ask this question, what? You have to ask it on every single thing that was said. You have to ask it in the macro and the micro, on the whole, on the specific. For example, I give you a very general big, but it's a big example. Let's say, I'll give you an example of one of the mitzvahs in the Torah. One of the mitzvahs in the Torah, God says there is a mitzvah to know that there is a God. I've heard that many times. There's a couple of words there that need definition. First of all, what is a commandment? What does that word mean to you? What does it mean to know? The definition of knowledge. Philosophers and scientists have been studying this for years. What classifies as knowledge? And then what does the word God mean? So someone asks you, well, have you fulfilled the commandment to know God? You can, you can answer yes or no, but if you don't know what those three things are, you can spit back, you can be a parrot, but you may not have heard what was said. So you got to define your terms in order to be able to get behind a message and to discover the deep the deeper ideas that are there that are there so you got to ask yourself now that i okay so we'll get to that later so that's number four number four is know what you heard but everything that you heard number five you got to use words you got to put it into your own vernacular you know sometimes you read, let's say, a translation, or you hear something, and you heard what they said, you get it, you could spit it back, but they didn't really use words that you're very comfortable with. You may not even know what all the words mean. You know, you have a general definition. Like, so today, someone asked me what a particular word meant that I used, and I'm like, this is how I use that word, is how I think most people use it, and they said, well, do you know that? I'm like, no, the truth is, I, I do plan on, on Googling the word to, to make sure I'm, uh, that I'm using it properly. But make sure part of integrating it and making sure it becomes that you really get the message and you can then put it into action and to make sure you really get it is you put it into your own terms. And I'll give you an example. One of the top five Jewish questions is always, do we have free will? Do human beings have free will? If, if, if God knows everything, how do we have free will? And people will talk about free will forever. But what, what, is, what is free will? Do you have a good definition of what that means that if I hear a lecture for an hour about free will, 
what what does that mean? So I need a definition. So I'll give an example. So is it free will if I want to, I, I say I would like to jump to the moon. Do I have free will to do that? No, I don't have free will to do that. It's not something I can do. It's not something it's in the realm of possibility, right? So that's not that's not free will. And and most people, even the evilest, the mo- the worst people to ever live. I mean, very likely, even someone even like Hitler. They're not. They don't wake up in the morning most time and say, "I am choosing to do bad." That's what I want to do because I'm bad to the bone, right? Um, so what is free will? So I'm going to give you a definition. This isn't a class on free will, but just to bring out the point. If the word free will doesn't mean anything to you, but this could mean something to you. You ask someone, would you, you ask someone, would you like to be a great person? Would you like to be a great person? Everybody says yes. No one says, no, I want to be, be mediocre my whole life. I want to be average. Nobody says that. So someone says to you, say you're lying in bed, lying on the couch, sitting in front of a game, and you're like, well, I have this opportunity which would help you get more towards being great. And you say, no, not now. So a person says, why not? I thought you just said you want to be great. Well, I'll say because I don't feel like it, right? So free will, to put it in into a nutshell, is doing what you want, not what you feel, right? If you want, most people want to do the right thing. So the more you can do what you want over what you feel, then uh, then you're that's called exercising your your free will. So that's an example. If you heard a whole class on an hour, do you have free will? Do you, no, no, don't. You, or do you not have free will? You got to define that term. So number six is, once we've discussed about use words that make sense to you and you asked what you heard, well, then if you haven't been doing it till now, it makes sense. Well, think of the words that you use all the time. Think of principles that get you going. Think of ideas. There's, there's tolerance. There's justice, love, something being fair. There's something being an obligation, education, good, great, bad, evil. You know what those words mean. Just like to you, what is when you, when you hear someone say that, what does that mean to you? So, and if you discuss that, you say, oh, that's a bad idea, right? But what does bad mean? So you can, I'm not saying you have to do this when you're discussing necessarily, you know, flavors of ice cream. But when you're dealing with trying to get wisdom or, 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 or something in that's that's important. Um, you got to get those terms down. So that's what. In order for me to listen, if you say something or you read something that you don't have clarity on, then you have to tell yourself, "I I haven't fully heard what that. I don't haven't really heard what was said because I need clarity. I need to clarify." Okay, number seven. So you've done all these things, 
you've listened, you've paid attention, you've gotten the message, maybe you even got the terms, you're sold. You got it. You got to do this. You got to do this. But now you have to, you, you get the skill set that we're talking about. Now, what do you have to do? You have to ask yourself, well, is this that important? It sounds like a real pain in the neck. I'm a decent person. When I talk to people, they 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 don't they don't complain about me not listening. I, you know, I don't really have a problem. I, I think I, I I know I know what I read. I did well in my SATs. I have good reading comprehension. So I don't really want to do all this. But you have to in, in order to then put it into practice. What you got to do is you have to ask yourself. How important is doing this? And that really is, is, is probably our ma major motivator is if we think something is important or not. And when we think something important is important, then we do it. So is this important? How important is, is it for us to define our terms? Take that time. Well, we'll start off very simple. We'll go back to the example we said before. Someone asks you, are you now taking away your sensitivities? I'm going to be a little bit, take the gloves off for a second. I'm talking to myself. Someone says, are you a good person? Everyone's going to say, hopefully, yeah, I'm a good person. Well, I may ask you, Tony Carp, what is the definition of a good person? That's the most vague cop out things to say. It doesn't mean anything. What does a good person mean? There's about 10 billion definitions of what that is. What does that mean to you that you can then look yourself in the face and say, I am a good person? Well, what is that? As I said before, unfortunately, I'm getting an extreme and none of us are like this, obviously, but just to see, I'm trying to bring out what to, to help ourselves realize how important these skills are you know, Hitler convinced himself to some degree and many, many people that they were doing the world a service. They were doing the world a great service, a horrible thing. But if you ask them, the, the, unfortunately, those Nazi youth, are you doing something good? They'll say, yeah. You ask the suicide bomber in Israel. Who ask most people who do bad things, especially if they're part of a movement, they, they have a different definition of good. And then they live by it. They do. Unfortunately, they, unfortunately, many people have come up with definitions of good or great, and they live by them. So we, for ourselves, if we want to try to be good and great and greatest, we've got to have a definition so we can keep looking at ourselves. Am I... Am I doing what I want to do? Am I learning from people who are in line with my, with my definition? And once you have that objective definition, then you can keep looking at it. Is, is what I'm doing consistent with that? Is my life consistent with that? Is what I'm doing right now cons consistent with that? Now, you always can twist anything. As we said, people can convince them of crazier things. But the more definition you have, the more clarity you have, the more you'll be able to be objective and and do what you got to do to get there okay 
So now you hopefully you're realizing how important it is to listen and to focus and to pay attention and get your term straight. But at this point, certainly myself, I know that I don't have clarity on all terms. There are many things, many, many important things that I don't have, I don't have clarity about. So what do I do now? Well, you do have to appreciate, I have to appreciate that you have to, not that you can't use them, you can't, you don't have to like be like a deer in headlights, but you have to use them with caution in, in, in relation to how much clarity you have. You certainly wouldn't get into a whole debate with someone in a very animated, authoritative way. I'll give you an example. You know, I'm a rabbi, so I've, you know, I've taken a certain amount of tests in Jewish law. But there's many areas of Jewish law that I am far from any level of competency. So I know that, for example, if there's a life and death issue, um, I may know some basics, but I know that I need to be very cautious when such a case comes up. I need to be, oh, and, and that's okay. And I'm not going to come out with a very strong opinion. I'm going to say, Here, here's maybe some of the issues. I can research it. I can connect you to someone. I can reach out to someone who knows more. So it's like, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, someone who was never married, right? So they may not have strong opinions, strong, valid opinions on marriage. Someone wasn't a parent, or someone wasn't a parent of a certain age child, right? So we're just knowing our limitation, that's okay. So you have to appreciate that until we get the clarity, and only into the degree that we have the clarity of a definition, should we do something with it. Just be cautious. Doesn't mean you can't operate, doesn't mean you have to shut down, but just have that awareness, have that appreciation. That was number eight. Number nine, moving along here. Now this was Rabbi Noah Weinberg's, he, he has like these brilliant, he has thousands, thousands of these like tricks to help you learn and accomplish things. And he has a principle that he used throughout this whole Mishnah by every single way to wisdom. And he calls it the I you, he game. I, you, he game. So the I, you, he game says like this. I always, when I'm generally speaking, the default, when looking at myself or talking about myself, I always paint myself white. That I'm right. I'm right. I did it right. If someone, I'm talking to someone, and I don't like what they're doing. So I'm not going to say you're, you're wrong. I'm not going to paint you whatever wrong color is for you, red, black, purple, whatever it is. But when the person's not there, then you'll say exactly how it is. So we'll give an example. So let's say you are, um, okay, we'll give this example. So when you're driving on one of these windy mountainous in the Rockies or in Israel, and the driver is going 90 miles an hour and you're in the passenger seat, and you are scared for your life, you say to the driver, now you think you're 100% right, 
that this is wrong. This is dangerous. What do you say to the guy? He's next to you. He's in the driver's seat. You're a little bit apprehensive. You may not tell him you think you're a reckless idiot. You'll say, is this, is this kind of foolish? What's going on here? And then he'll, and he'll say back to you, no, I'm brave. I'm brave. I'm, I, don't, I don't let these things phase me. So he says he's great. You, because he's there, even though you think he's crazy, you don't tell him he's crazy. You tell him he's foolish. And then thank God, hopefully when you survive this ride, you get out of the car and you tell a person next to you, that guy is nuts. So that's the I-U-He game. What does that mean? That means that you don't really have, you're not talking the same language. You don't have an objective term that you can talk with. So how would that driver is not going to listen to the passenger because they didn't, they didn't communicate. He didn't hear what was being said. Why? Because what he heard was, are you being foolish? He's like, no, I'm being brave. Right? And yet it was neither of those. Actually, what was trying to be communicated, which he wasn't able to hear because it wasn't being communicated, was you are reckless. You are nuts. You are going to kill us. So the only way to have that wisdom to be transferred, to be listened to, to be heard, is if you come up with a clear crystal clear objective definition and then you can both speak to it so let's let's deal with this example let's we you can debate about this but let's just uh let's use these these definitions the definition of bravery according to many is when a person takes a necessary risk for something that is a worthwhile purpose. So let's say you rush into a burning uh, building to save someone trapped inside. So it's a risk and it's for something really important. What would be something foolish? An unnecessary risk for something important. If you have safety gear you can easily put on to go in to the fire, even though it's a very worthwhile thing, but it's a foolish way of going about it. That's foolish. What's reckless, what's dangerous, what's not smart, what's nuts, is taking unnecessary risks for something not important. So if this driver wants to be successful, or if the, I'm sorry, if the passenger wants to be successful, or the driver wants to be able to get this person off his back, he, they need to just say, well, get rid of the terms. Say what you really mean, what you really mean, are trying to, to have listened to, and what he needs to listen, if he was listening, because if you're aware of this the I, you, he concept, then, then you, you're aware of what you're, the person is probably not saying what they really want to say. And I'm not really going to say what he really wants to hear. So what, 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 what could be said, in this, using this paradigm? He could say, you know what? Is this something risky is there a reason we're doing something risky is there a reason is there a good reason that we're doing something risky you hear the difference before he said 
isn't this foolish? Wait, that's not foolish. Right. Well, once he speaks out what he means, he says, is this something important that we're taking this risk? And then the driver, he, if he's at all a conscious person, he would have to answer that and he would have to be, be frank. And he would say, no, uh, it's uh, not important and it's a risk. He'd say, well, if it's not important and it's a risk, then this is reckless. So that is number nine. Being aware of this, this uh, dynamic, the I, you, he, and when people say things, what they mean, and that if you don't have definitions, the more you have the fun, where you understand what things are, you're able to have a good communication. Okay, let's move along here. We have a few more. So, when you, no, we're not always trying to get wisdom. When you're watching a comedy. I'm not saying you can't get any wisdom for that, but it's not what you're trying to do. When you're actually trying, when you're going to a class, when you're reading a book, when you're reading an article, when you're visiting somewhere, so you, that is when you need to pay specific attention to not react to that wisdom until you know what you heard. Unfortunately, someone could feel they're an expert. I took a course in finance. I took a course in marriage counseling. I took a course in first aid. And, and now I feel like I'm um, able to do it. Well, that's why there's tests afterwards. That's why there's tests to see, do you really know what you did? But a person could fool themselves to thinking they have clarity. So when a person does take the time to learn wisdom, the person then needs to be, that's when you have to be on the, on the lookout to make sure to not react to it <clears throat> and make sure you have <clears throat> your definitions. Now, let's translate this more <clears throat> <sorry. clears throat> into Torah. This doesn't matter that much when it's about something without cosmic ramifications. When you're dealing with your heritage, or you're dealing with information as long-term ramifications, that's when this whole discussion we're having really, really matters. Because proper definitions are going to last, are going to have impact forever. When you're trying to send a rocket to the moon, if you're off by the slightest little teeny bit off, because that rocket is going so far, that's a big, big deal. People wonder sometimes, you know, there's so many details in Judaism, and you look in the Talmud, and look in the Torah, there's so much. You know, just let's, let's get a general picture of just doing things right. Well, you know what? No one does that with anything else that's important. You wouldn't get, take your medicine, your heart medicine from the doctor and say, well, you know, give or take a few milligrams. You wouldn't have someone do brain surgery and, you know, be off by a centimeter or so. We don't do that with, and you wouldn't say with your money. You go to the, you go to your taxes and you tell the county, you know, give or take a thousand bucks. Give or take 10,000. Give or take 50,000. Right? We're talking about our heritage. We're talking about your soul. We're talking about what this is when it really matters, and those details really, really do matter. 
you know, when you, when you when you're in a relationship with someone, you know that what you what what, what you day what you say and do will have long term effects. Our soul lasts forever. Our soul lasts forever. So when it comes to Torah wisdom, that's something we really gotta work on. This number twelve, twelve or fifteen. So almost there. The other place, it's not quite as important, but it really is part of it because it, it goes hand in hand, is things that come up on a regular basis, things that come up in your daily living. I just had a conversation with someone yesterday um, and he told me he was dating. And I asked him, I said, why are you dating? And he didn't know. I'm sure many people are like that. So I said to him, well, if you're going to date, you have to have a definition. Someone says, you like to date me, right? They may mean one thing. You may mean something else. What do you, what do you mean? Why, why do you want to date? We actually talked about it for half an hour, and it came out that he has zero interest in getting married. Zero interest in putting in the work that takes to maintain a relationship. So I said, you know, do yourself a favor and certainly the person who you'd want to date and don't date. Unless you're going to be brutally honest about what you're looking for or you're not looking for. Number 13. This is not easy stuff. This is hard to do. If it's about something important, the time to do it is not when you're emotional. Is not when you're upset. Certainly not to make decisions based on that. The time to do it is when it doesn't matter. You're cool, calm, and collected. Be able to give it the time and 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 the focus. Unfortunately, a lot of times we make some of our biggest and worst decisions when we're emotional, and uh, certainly when we're upset. That's the worst time. So that's big picture issues. But this is something which you kind of have to get used to doing. So even when you you know uh, someone could spend an hour reading an article now. You can read an article and get nothing out of it. Or you can get used to ask, just asking yourself, um, what did I read? Do I understand? Do I understand? If it, if it was worth your time to do it, then it's worth your time to have that focus and actually, actually get what you were trying to do. I just had that. I've been studying a certain uh, area of Torah every day. And I realize I'm putting in the time. And I'm not really getting it the way I want to get it. So, once I'm doing it, I may as well really get it. And lastly, this is how it kind of really is a, this is, I'm trying to focus on wisdom. That's, 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 what, that's what the class is about. But in daily life, there's so much, uh, so much pain and frustration and, and disappointment. And if we develop these skills, it will just fall away. 99% of arguments that we have is we don't really have clarity what the person said. We're not listening. They're not listening. We're not even trying to listen. We don't even pay attention. You could talk for hours to someone and not even know what we're arguing about. You're just waiting till you're talking at each other, till I get a chance to, 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 to talk. That's what it is. And it's hard. It's very hard. But the next time you find yourself in a discussion of something of substance, certainly something not of substance, 
get the picture straight. Don't take any ideas for granted. Ask the person, did I understand what you see? Take all the skill we talked about. Be focused. What are they really trying to say? What's the take home from this? They said a word. What, 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 what do you mean when you say that? You know, I, you know, it's very insulting when you do that. Like what, what is, right? Listen for the messages behind the message. And as, as we said, uh, you know, I just had this yesterday. Someone told me, uh, you know, they don't really believe in God. And it turned out, I think they are fine with God. They just don't like some of the things they, that God said. So it's easier just to say God, God doesn't exist because then you have to worry about the things that, that, he, that he didn't say. Okay. So to wrap up here, then we do a quick, quick review. Is so why, why, let's put it into three points. Why do we do all this? Why we put in the work and the focus to do it? So number one is that there's no use in learning you're arguing about something if you don't really know what you're arguing about. There's no use in learning something that you don't know what you've learned. You spend time learning. There's no use in taking action if you don't know what you're trying to achieve. So you, you're, you're a freedom activist. What is freedom? You're into education. What is education? You're into love. What's love? You're into something, whatever it might be, you're, you're, um, right? You don't want to be a fanatic. Well, what's a fanatic? Maybe you do want to be a fanatic. What is a fanatic? That's number one, that if you want what, you, what you're doing to matter, then you got to know, you got to listen to, and define yourself. Number two, you, it's, you're in big trouble if you don't do this. Number one is you're just wasting your time. Number two is that a person can really fool themselves into thinking that you're living the good life if you don't have a good definition of it. If you have a definition that you got from TV shows and movies and Hollywood and Wall Street, whatever it might be, and that's the definition you're living on your life. And then at a certain point, like one second, do I really agree with that definition? It's, it's, it's a big deal. And lastly, Judaism, like with everything, takes it to the nth degree. We say that really, really at the, at the, the really, the point of all this, why does a person not do it? It's because we're human and we're lazy. We like to think we're not, but that, that is the whole human condition. Do we, we, do we do what we want or do we feel we do what we, what we, what we feel? So we say that this is, this is called being alive. This is called being alive because when a person is dead, what is that? That's the complete absence of consciousness. So we work backwards and we say, well, to whatever degree your consciousness is reduced, that's like the Talmud says, you're tasting a little bit of death. So either you, you know it's not black and white, but there's, there's shades of gray and you don't, don't want to be gray in something that's really important. So either you know what you're living for, you know what you're working hard for. Why are you working hard to make lots of money? A lot of people, you ask a lot of people, what, what, do you do? What, what do you work to make money? For what? Make a lot of money. For what? Right? So that's why we need, need definitions. 
And that's how we need clarity. So to quickly summarize, just to bullet through um, some of the ideas, hit to pay attention, said you gotta listen to what the message is, said you gotta ask your questions, what was said, what was the message, define your terms, don't do it when you're emotional, realize how important it is, appreciate your limitations and that's okay. Remember the I, you, he game, that, that dynamic, when people say things, what they really might mean or really not mean. And you keep all that in mind, then life becomes a lot more meaningful experience and you can actually get a lot of wisdom. This is, this is the second way to wisdom. I'm going to end off with, Anoch uh, Lambert used to end off with assignments. So I will end off with a little take-home assignment and a short story. So it may be worthwhile to think of, I'll give you a few examples of five words. And, and, and maybe think about it, maybe for a long time or a short time, do you have a good definition? What's the definition of good? What's the definition of tolerance? freedom what is brainwashing mean? what does education mean where do they overlap what's freedom mean what's god mean the story is so about 22 years ago i said this story before but it, it's just so relevant for this class i went i i joined rabbi gibber's class rabbi gibber he's the dean of the of the local rabbinical college I went to his class, and after a week, I told him, you know, I'm not, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling this class. And he said, why not? He's like, be honest, you know, be frank. I said, the truth is that, you know, it I don't think I'm learning anything. Like, I mean, you know, it's interesting, you know, you know, it was a nice speaker. It's, a, you know, it's a pleasure to listen to, but like, I don't really see much wisdom here. If I said it in something along those lines, as nice way as I could. And he told me, told me something. He basically told me this whole class in one sentence without even me realizing it. And I've been trying to do it since. He told me, maybe you're right, but can you humor me for the next two weeks? I want you to completely focus on understanding every single thing I say. And just do that. You can argue on it afterwards. You could say it's not important. But I want you for the next two weeks to understand every single thing in the class. And, and without exaggeration, for the next three and a half years, it took me two to three hours <coughs> every single night <coughs> to, to really, really understand <coughs> what he said. And almost always... It made perfect sense, and I certainly didn't have a problem with it, and it was very, very wise. So before we run and we say, I heard what you have to say. I heard this already. I read this already. I've seen this many times. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't really do it. But listen, is to really, really hear, keep your thoughts and opinions out of it, and then, then you can be in a position to say, I agree, I disagree, I don't want to do it. But then you will have listened as the, the second way of wisdom is to listen with your ears. Have a great week. Thanks for coming on.